0: Welcome to the Salty Club podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Creeper. The Salty Club is where we bring surf, yoga, nutrition, empowerment and community under the same roof. We've found that when a person invites these five facets into their life, they become a force to be reckoned with. Join me for interviews and solo casts on all these topics and more. The idea is to share the inspiring stories of adventurers, experts and game changers. People who have wandered from the conventional path and are doing life on their terms. Thanks for being here and let's do this. I'm here today with Elena. Elena is the creator and author of the Yoni Empire. She is a slow sex and pleasure educator, writer and lover of all things pleasure related. She writes shamelessly about female sex and eroticism. A self-proclaimed pussy whisperer, she is the founder of Honor Lifestyle Brand, which designs natural gemstone pleasure toys for women. She is on a mission to nourish women one orgasm at a time, connecting heart, body, and mind. Elena, welcome. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Uh, To start, can you tell me a bit about how the Yoni Empire started and how you came to be a pleasure educator?
1: it's always such a difficult question to answer I feel like the yoni Empire started me <laughs> um, gosh I, I I never know how to answer this question it's when there is a purpose in your life it, it always finds you mm-hmm. you know I, I knew from an early age that I was very interested in female sexuality and When I finished high school, I was too embarrassed to tell my very strict Russian parents that this is what I want to study, Mm
2: -hmm. so
1: I opted to study psychology and business. It was quite like the middle ground, but have found sexuality incredibly interesting my whole life and just started blogging about it, writing about it one day, and the rest is history.
2: Mm -hmm. So
0: you grew up in kind of sex-negative post-Soviet Russia, and now you're an outspoken sex educator. Was there like a fuck it moment or a big thing you did that like announced yourself as a sex educator to the world? Like, how did you overcome that fear of judgment and really start putting yourself out there? <laughs>
1: um, it's not a sex negative culture, it's a uh, no sex culture. We have a joke in Russia that okay. sex just didn't exist. <laughs> um, and you know, communism and the Soviets, and um, no one talked about sex. I grew up. Um, My first sex education was pornography,
2: you know, Mm -hmm. that I
1: would look up on the internet. Um, I don't think I've really announced myself as a sex educator to the world. It's just a tiny, lovely group of people on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, The fear is always there, but when you're living your truth and you know that you're doing something wonderful, you just keep doing it. There's no way around it. Like I cannot not to do this in my life
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and what is it that makes it that way for you where you're like I have to do this what is that driving force
2: gosh
1: um well the daily force is just the motivation and the emails I get from women Mm who tell me their life changed my help Mm -hmm. women who are able to orgasm for the first time women who are able to no longer experience, uh, pussy pain, women who heal sexual trauma, women who improve their sexual relationships. And it's such a wonderful job to have. I mean, I help women feel pleasure. What can be a better job than that?
0: <laughs> and why do you think that our society doesn't put much value on pleasure and working on our own pleasure and attaining pleasure? Like, why do you think it is still seen as such a radical act to focus on pleasure as a woman?
1: Gosh, good question. Um,
2: hmm, Let me think about that.
1: I think when a person is really living their their full potential and they're aligned with their life purpose and they're happy, it's harder to control them.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It's it's easier to sell products and control people who are unhappy and insecure and broken somehow.
2: Mm-hmm. It's true. Whenever it's true.
1: I'm having a wonderful day, whenever I'm having a day full of pleasure, I feel unstoppable. Like I am on top of the world, and no one can hurt me. No one can get to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, I, I you know we live in a society where. Pleasure is a taboo. Even happiness is a taboo. It seems something selfish. At least mm-hmm. for a very long time it did. And especially in Russia where I grew up, um, being loving to yourself, especially as a woman, felt it was just a taboo to be this way. You know, like how dare you do all these selfish things for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not a woman. As a woman, you should be a martyr. You should be a mother and a housewife. And, you know, do everything for everyone else and forget yourself. So I grew up with this belief, fully ingrained in
2: it, that
1: in order for others to be happy, I have to sacrifice myself.
0: Mm -hmm. It's true. And I think a lot of people think sensuality, pleasure, sexuality is separate from the rest of your life, like your job, your work. Um, I wanted to talk about the connection between pussy and creativity and how when you have a good relationship with pussy, it gives you a good relationship with creativity in this life force. Can we talk about that? (laughs)
1: The pussy life force, I love that. Well, you know, the basic truth is life begins with sex. Mm -hmm. We're, We're all here because our parents did it. And yet we're all denying the fact that sex exists or the fact that we want it or the fact that it's one of the most wonderful pleasures in life. So when you're disconnected from your genitals, when you're disconnected from pleasure you're disconnected from life
2: Mm.
1: that's just really the basic principle so one of the main jobs that i do is connecting women back to their body connecting them to their life force to their creative force
0: I love that a lot. So many women want to improve their relationship with their sexuality, but I feel like now in a society that's like hyper-focused on self-development, like we're addicted to self-development and then it becomes this other project. So how can we commit to deepening our understanding of our sexuality without making it, putting it into that framework of homework, work, like suffering to get to the final Point like how can we enjoy the process of deepening our understanding of our sexuality?
1: We women, especially, you know, we live in this kind of fairy tale world where we're waiting for a Prince or Princess Charming to come and rescue us and make love to us and <laughs> you
2: know,
1: it's all these amazing orgasms and you know, they mm-hmm. have to look like Brad Pitt or Angelina Jolie. And the reality just isn't true. No one can read your mind. No one can really read your body. And no one can make a woman orgasm. A woman will consciously or unconsciously decide when and how she wants to orgasm. We are responsible for our pleasure. Mm
2: -hmm. So our
1: partners and our lovers can create the environment for us to express that pleasure and to feel it in a safe way, but they can't force us to orgasm.
0: Okay. And do you
2: think... Sorry, go on. (laughs)
1: So it's very important when you are meeting somebody new to realize, like, you are a blank slate in your lover's eyes. And it's important to share with them what you like, how you like it. And most importantly, it's you have to understand your own body, too.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Most women are waiting for someone to understand
2: their body instead of taking responsibility for themselves.
0: Mm -hmm. And that puts a lot of pressure on the men or the women or the partner to like there's that expectation well if they're the right person they'll just know they'll just like instinctively know but there's this stigma still around being like like really expressing and dropping into the vulnerability of getting to what actually feels good not just and and being vulnerable enough to go places that might not feel good and be like okay let's try something different and you know
1: oh absolutely i i received so many comments Mm -hmm. of women that this of thinking where, well, if he loves me, he mm-hmm. should know what I like. Final question is always, but do you know what you like? Mm-hmm. Do you know how you want your breasts to be caressed? Do you know how you like your vagina to be touched? Do you know what triggers you? Do you know what excites you? Um, and most women cannot answer this question, so they're waiting for someone else to know their own truth. You know, it's like you're giving your power away, and you're sitting around for years waiting for someone to magically guess
2: mm-hmm. what
1: you're
0: what your mind likes mm-hmm. it's true so so my next question is as our society becomes more sexually progressive and more comfortable with envelope pushing sex acts such like anal threesomes bdsn do you think it's possible we're losing reverence for or becoming disconnected from the idea of really dropping in with one partner because you champion slow sex so ha- and i feel like it's such, a, it's such a progressive liberal act to be folk and you focus a lot on partnership and connection and deepening that vulnerability, which seems starkly different from many liberal progressive sex educators, which is just very much on like, how far can you push it? Like go to wild sex parties. Like, can you talk a bit about
2: that?
1: Sure, I, I have began to notice in the last year how different I am as a sex educator and that I talk about very different things. Um, A lot of my colleagues write about um, non-monogamy and sex parties and threesomes and BDSM. And here I am writing about yoni massage, (laughs) deepening the connection to your vagina, Uh (laughs) slow sex and slow masturbation practices and sexual healing Mm -hmm. and uh, trauma. So I am very different. Um, Yeah, what you said, there is this... Uh, what I'm experiencing is we have been repressed for a very long time in our sexuality. And so we're kind of swinging the pendulum from one extreme to the other. So now there's this trendy concept of the ethical slut. Mm-hmm. And it's been misinterpreted in so many different ways, kind of like the Bible, mm-hmm. where everyone has <laughs> their own opinion on it. And a very common opinion is this belief that to be sexually empowered as a woman is to go around sleeping with a lot of people. hmm and I see so many young women um, suffering because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I receive hundreds, well, well hundreds a month um, letters from women. And a lot of them are asking me, well, how, how can I be the sex? Like, how can I have casual sex and not mm-hmm. get heartbroken or mm-hmm. I'm not really enjoying casual sex? And the truth is, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just because some sex blogger is writing about... Sleeping with a new man every mm-hmm. Friday, you're going to sex parties. It doesn't mean that it's something for you. Mm-hmm. And that's so okay. okay. We're giving our power away because we're allowing some sex blogger or mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. to tell us what to do instead of really listening to our core and asking ourselves, well, does this lifestyle work for me? Mm-hmm. Will I actually have pleasure from this? Person? Do I enjoy BDSM? Do I yeah. even need to go to sex parties, or do I want to be monogamous do I want to sleep with
2: only three
1: people in my life and yeah answer is listen to yourself listen to your core and do things from the place of your heart and the place of pleasure rather than mm-hmm. listening to what the girl next to you is
0: doing yeah it's true because I definitely went through phases with my with my partner and I have a partner now where it's like hey a threesome would be cool and then you really drop down and think about it and you're like are you talking about that because you like how it would sound to be the person who had the threesome and was cool with it? Do you like how that would make you feel as an empowered woman? Are you really cool with watching your partner have sex with someone else? Maybe not. and That's okay. It doesn't mean anything about you or like how liberated you are.
1: Oh, absolutely. I had a girlfriend, a very close girlfriend confide in me the other day. She, was, she had a few one-night stands in the last few months and... She called me crying on the phone saying, Elena, I don't understand how other women are doing this. I feel so miserable. She said, mm-hmm. like, what's wrong with me that I just want to have a boyfriend and make love to him? And I said, honey, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. You don't have to be like all the other <laughs> women. We're all so different.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: A woman does not necessarily work for you. So I very much urge women to listen to their heart and be careful with um, taking advice from other women, or sex bloggers, or all the trends things that are happening in the sexuality right now—like it's mm-hmm. trendy to not be monogamous anymore. It's trendy yeah. to be slutty, or it's trendy to be—I don't know—non-binary. It's all these things are you know moving around in the social media, and they get skewed in some ways. So just be careful and really listen to yourself.
2: Yeah, it's, your heart. it's true. So
0: on the other side of that let's talk about you're a pioneer for slow sex so what do you mean by that what is slow sex to you
1: um i learned about slow sex from the work of diana richardson Mm -hmm. she is my uh spirit animal in so many ways Mm -hmm. (laughs) um the idea of slow sex uh really stems from a place of concentrating on pleasure Mm rather than just an orgasm yeah so most of the sex that we're taught or we're experiencing is the idea that orgasm has to happen. So we judge sex mm-hmm. on whether we came or not. So everything that we do in sex, from the minute it starts to the minute it finishes, is to try an orgasm. We're constantly chasing the orgasm experience. Now, the boys, most of the time, are trying not to come, so there's their own type of stress. Uh-huh. And then the girls, on the other hand, are stressing and trying to come,
2: mm-hmm. orgasm
1: to validate themselves as you know a sexually healthy and capable lover. This creates a place where two people are just running genitals together and are anxious Mm -hmm. and worried and not really being present because they're constantly thinking about the future and trying to achieve something rather than enjoy each other. So what slow sex does is it brings you back to the basics of just being with your lover and slowing down and concentrating on Right now, and what's happening right now? Kissed? Are you being caressed? Does mm-hmm. that feel good? What are the emotions that are coming up for you? Where is your partner touching you now? Do you want him to stay there?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It creates a place of two lovers just beautifully moving mm-hmm. their bodies together and being present in their pleasure and not running anywhere, not trying to get anywhere. Yeah. So you end up being in sex rather than doing it.
0: Because it's true for women, what might have felt good before might not feel good anymore. Like what worked last time might not work this time. And I think I read you spoke about this as well. I think it was you where it's like couples can find what works and then stick with what works because they know it will work. They know it will make both partners achieve orgasm and getting to that comfort zone beyond like, well, let's keep seeing what else feels good. Let's see what other different ways of touching does feel good. Like... Do you think some couples can get stuck in, okay, this works, let's stick with this?
1: Yeah, of course, because again, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the main goal of most conventional sex is orgasm. So it's yeah. like, I know if I will rub you here, this way, then you will most likely orgasm, so I'm just going to rub you there for the next 20 uh-huh. minutes.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, you,
1: you know, obviously at some point, you just you get bored with this kind of sex. It's,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's not satisfactory, and you're not really opening up to pleasure, you're just doing something, you're forcing your body
0: okay. to
1: get to a certain
0: point. The question was, what is your view on porn? Does it enhance sex or desensitize people to sex?
1: Hmm. Um, as Oscar Wilde said, um, everything in moderation. Mm-hmm.
2: moderation.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think the main problem with pornography is... That it's the only sexual ed- education that most teenagers receive
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's a huge problem.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I also feel like pornography is a mirror of what's happening in our society right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not anti-porn and I'm not pro-porn, I'm quite indifferent. I feel like if you know how to use it for your own benefit then more power to you. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's Plenty of different kinds of porn for you to find what resonates with you and makes you happy. Um, and ultimately, you know, if you don't like a certain porn, don't watch it. You know, mm-hmm. we as consumers have the power um, to make decisions on what kind of products are being produced. And if you don't like a certain kind of porn, don't watch it. Don't give it any mm-hmm. power.
0: Um, you don't have support. to rally against it or make a big thing against it. Just don't consume it. As simple as that. No. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Maybe we should be looking at why certain violent or aggressive porn exists. Mm-hmm. Where is that coming from and how can we look into those issues? Uh, why are men and women watching such violent stuff?
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and what is it doing to them?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I watch pornography. I, I have since I was, I don't know, a teenager. It fascinates me. It's It can be incredibly sexy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> whether alone or with a partner. I think it fuels your sexual juices, it can be creative and naughty and exciting and there are a lot, a lot of pornographers on the market right now who are creating really gorgeous erotica, you know, like Erica Lust is one of them. I love Um, her. You know, like if if you want some feminist porn or you want to support a pornographer who is doing it from a place of pleasure, then yeah, check out Erica Lust. Mm -hmm. She has really awesome stuff. And her business practices
0: as well, just like the whole ecosystem around her films is just amazing
1: yeah like i, I watched <laughs> the other day she had this one movie and it was with airbnb and i thought oh, my god <laughs> it's just so modern like, this, you know this guy who like moves into an airbnb in barcelona and the sexy girl was there and then they start you know having sex and i thought this is just really cute <laughs> oh,
0: exactly it's not beyond the realms of like possibility
2: <laughs> yeah
1: um, I, I always say, you know, don't knock it till you try it. Um, porn can be wonderful; it can also be destructive. It, it really depends on how you use it. Yeah. Um, yourself. Yeah. You know, and uh, one of the best statistics I've ever, ever um, checked out is statistics on porn too. You know, they, they publish mm. them every year, and I feel like um, pornography statistics tell us more about culture than any other statistics. Mm. In the world, you know, you get to see, you know, what Russia is watching or what Saudi Arabia is watching, and uh, you'll be very
2: much surprised. So <laughs>
0: Google uh, <it's> true. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's true. Okay. So my next question is, so it's about women experimenting with other women. So I identify as bisexual. I'm currently in a relationship with a man, but I remember in high school when I was sleeping with and experimenting with girls, it was – way before I had sex for the first time with a boy like but I remember each time I'd fool around with a female friend I'd feel really guilty and ashamed and it was only when I was older I thought like how many more times was I experiencing these crush-like feelings on other girls and it just wasn't validated in the same way as if I had a crush on a boy it's like it's like there just wasn't a space for it to be okay to experiment with other girls and it makes me wonder how many other girls and young women are like holding back from sexual exploration with other women. So what has been your experience and your journey with this and what would you say to women and girls who want to explore with other women or are ashamed about it? I
1: feel like if I could give one sex advice
2: to a woman, it would be to have a sexual yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so true. That
1: will blow your mind <laughs> preferably do it with a very experienced lesbian, not like your BFF.
0: <laughs> That's so um, true.
1: I, you know, I, I kind of feel like we're all just born bisexual. You know, we're born loving mommy and daddy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's totally cool to make your choices. I'm not a fan of labels, mm-hmm. um, but I do date both men and women. Um, and. I love it. I I love how I'm not limiting myself. Mm -hmm. I fall in love with people. I meet someone. I have a chemistry with them, and that's what matters
0: to me. Yeah, it's true. The term bisexuality, like, I feel like I use it as a tool because that's what is there and what is available. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of just a way of getting quickly communicating that you love men and women. But it it should – I feel like it's a lot more common – than we think I would completely agree with that. We're born loving mommy and daddy and we're born bisexual. There's just that kind of rigidity. Like, are you, are you straight or are you gay? So I like that you talk about not liking labels. I think that's important moving forward to just be able to exist.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and maybe because, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. I just don't really give a fuck anymore. <laughs> if people ask me, am I gay or straight? I just say I'm slutty. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm greedy. Um, <laughs> I think when you're young, having a label really helps you find your own community and your people. It brings you a sense of belonging. I think when you enter your 30s, you just really don't care anymore.
2: Mm. Like,
1: I don't, I'm not, I've never been part of a lesbian community or queer community. I've never been seeking out bisexual women in order to feel like I can be myself. I'm just me and Mm. just happen to feel attraction towards both men and women. what I do find important is, um, what I see happening is a lot of people who, <coughs> wait, let me restart that. What I often experience with young kids, you know, kids in their 20s, is they put a label on themselves, mm-hmm. and then they feel stuck in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And for anyone who's ever been part of a lesbian community, know, for example, that when a girl... Um, all of a sudden has a crush on a man and she wants to explore it, she is passively, aggressively uh, bullied within the lesbian community. They say that she's betrayed them or she's not a real lesbian anymore. And that can be quite painful to an individual. You know, when when you have feelings for someone and then your people, the people that you were supposed to feel safe with, are then bullying you for having these feelings. Mm -hmm. So I always remind you know girls to just you know if you choose to have a label that's cool but be careful and make sure it's not limiting you from really living your full life mm-hmm. and exploring
0: mm-hmm. so you think and stepping
1: out of it once in a while
0: mm-hmm. rather than becoming very attached to what you think the label should be or trying to be a good lesbian or trying to be a good bisexual or yeah, yeah
1: absolutely and you know the, the very people like i said the very people that you feel safe with could really turn on you any moment the minute you step out of this label you know it's a box you put mm-hmm. yourself in a box you know today I'm bisexual well what if I marry a woman and I never you know engage you with a man again does that make me a lesbian mm-hmm. I mean who cares right? yeah
0: exactly
1: who cares um we're just we're sexual let's let's just follow our hearts and our bodies and enjoy each other
0: mm-hmm. it's true I love that So let's talk about, you talk about self-pussy massage. Why is that important and what's the difference between that and masturbation?
1: There's a very big difference between that and masturbation. (laughs) (laughs) The basic principle is this, Um, our body is covered in muscles and muscles tend to get very tense. So you could have a neck pain or you could have Mm -hmm. a lower back pain and what do we do with those? Pains. We try and massage them out. Always stretch them out, right? Mm-hmm. We do yoga. We do morning stretches. We go for massages. Now, the very two most important body parts in a woman's body, her breasts and her vagina,
2: mm-hmm. are never
1: massaged, and That's they true. really require a lot of it. They require loving, non-sexual touch. Mm-hmm. Usually what we have, especially with our breasts, it's either a baby hanging on it or your boyfriend is hanging on it,
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. right? And with our, when so it comes true. to our vaginas, we're either frustrated because of what it looks like, smells like, or we're frustrated because it's not getting wet enough, mm-hmm. or it is, it's bleeding, or we're masturbating to an orgasm. There really isn't any other way to connect mm-hmm. to our vagina, right? So what I always do is I welcome women to connect Mm-hmm. To touch yourself in a loving way without the goal of an orgasm, without the goal of even pleasure, just give yourself massage, massage your breasts every day, mm-hmm. touch them in a loving, nurturing manner, mm-hmm. touch your vagina in a loving, nurturing manner. You know, use your fingers, use some coconut oil, massage, massage the way you would massage neck or, you know, somebody's back if you're in mm-hmm. pain. And get into the practice of doing this. Well, the breasts, I say massage for like three minutes in the shower every day. Mm -hmm. With um, the vagina, massage it. Just get in the place of massaging it once a week. And Mm -hmm. it's not about doing it in a perfect way. One of the best things I always recommend is um, put on your favorite Netflix show. (laughs) You know, watch one episode and just massage yourself at the same time. You don't need Mm -hmm. mantra music. You don't need... In sense yeah. you know you don't need to be present and journal about
0: it <laughs> just, just set up curious. the altar yeah. and worship the holy pussy in the sky and said like your yeah
1: yeah you, we, we tend to complicate things yeah. so sort much of for ourselves <laughs> they're very very simple like I, have, I have this thing I do whenever I take a shower which is every day sometimes twice <laughs> I I put on my I you know I listen to Spotify or YouTube and I put on my favorite song Mm-hmm. I tend to listen to the same song for like two weeks in a row and then for the entire song I massage my breasts, I have some almond oil in my shower. Mm-hmm. Just massage yourself, mm-hmm. find what you like, get in there and the song is over, so is the massage is over. Wash off the oil, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be this big deal, you mm-hmm. know? It's kind of like brushing your teeth when it becomes part of your daily routine and your sexual you know, health care.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's very, very easy. You don't mm. need to
0: complicate things. Rather than it being a whole big production that people say they'll do but never really have the time or exactly. inclination to do.
1: Like, yeah, there's no like perfect seeing,
0: way you know, to. I sorry?
1: Yeah, sorry. I, I was just mm. saying, like, I'm seeing all these courses online right now about you know, yoni massage and mm. breast massage, and this is a big, lavish thing where you have to journal and you have to meditate. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking, my God, like, I would never do this. Mm-hmm. Most women. I do it when it becomes this giant you know grandiose thing mm-hmm. like imagine if you had to meditate in journal
0: every time you had to brush your teeth <laughs> <laughs> it's so true and it comes to that thing of always having to be in a state of self-improvement and always having to know what it means that this came up or like it doesn't have to mean anything you're just feeling what it feels and that's it
2: yeah yeah just
0: yeah.
1: simplify stop being self-development junkie things are more simple <laughs> Make them out to be really put on your favorite Netflix show, massage your pussy. It's okay. You know? <laughs> um, it. At some point, you will get into a practice where you no longer need Netflix or you don't need music, or you will just lie back and you'll massage it whenever you feel like it, and that's awesome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But to create a space, it's important for me that women do it rather than they really do it the right way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. So we you talk a lot about women encouraging their sexuality in ways that they can do you have any advice for men who want to get in touch or encourage their sensuality because it's again it's the same thing you see a lot about like this is how you communicate with your partner or this workshop you can do with your partner and it will be this enlightened sexual man but what are ways that you could get your male partner to Get in touch with their sensuality, their sexuality, in a way again that isn't going to a workshop, isn't like doing an altar, isn't going to a weekend away to do tantra in the mountains, which is just a very Netflixy kind of way of doing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love me essential man. Really, I, I haven't experienced many of them, but the ones that I have are just—they're like unicorns. <laughs> in touch with his sensuality, which mm-hmm. is slow. You know in life and flow in the bedroom and we see the joy from having his body touched not just his penis you know that mm-hmm. feels his body and that whose body is just one of the sexiest things on the planet mm-hmm. um what was the question <laughs> 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 i am so
0: now, right now, now. now i'm like yeah yeah it's true <laughs> well just, sensual man well say a woman is looking to kind of get more in touch with her sexual side and she wants her partner to be evolving with her what are some ways she can encourage him to get in touch with his sensual side or do you think it's again the responsibility of the male to want that to happen
1: it's definitely um, our individual responsibility
2: Mm
1: to take care of our own sexuality and develop -hmm. I it, it also tends to be one of the biggest struggles when people are in a couple, when one person really wants to explore and go deeper and open up, and the other one is saying, no, I don't need this, perfect, mm-hmm. or, I'm perfect, I'm or talk to me, this isn't important, right? Yeah. So this is the struggle, the struggle is real. Um, we can't force our partner, mm-hmm. uh, all we can do is inspire them. I think
2: mm-hmm. that's the
1: best way to get someone interested in what you're interested in. I often, this is the advice I often give to vegan activists, it's <laughs> <laughs> stop shaming people for their bacon, just, you
2: know, show how good the salad, salad is. is. <laughs> it's so <laughs> true. Just, just,
1: you know, inspire people from a place of love and happiness and great vibes and pleasure rather than shaming them or telling them, like, you have to develop or you have to improve or you have to do this and that, because who the hell are you to tell your partner anyways, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. I would say the best way to get your boyfriend um, interested in sexuality is by inspiring him into it. Mm-hmm. Um, start working on yourself, start exploring it. And most men love it when their woman is exploring sexually. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I don't know a single guy who's like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> she, she wants to practice slow sex. Oh no, sex <laughs> for me.
0: Oh god, um, uh huh.
1: Men are interested ladies, they want to meet you there, they want to connect with you, they want to also improve a sex life, it's absolutely in their interest as well, so what a wonderful way to do something together, Mm -hmm. I definitely recommend for all the guys, uh, the work of Diana Richardson on slow sex, there's a special book written, especially for men, uh, by Diana and her male partner, Mm -hmm.
2: um,
1: which also talks about, you know, for men stepping out of conventional sex and not being addicted to ejaculation, Mm. or not following that conventional style of sex where, you know, he kisses your mouth, your neck, your breasts, your belly. He goes down on you for one minute, and then he penetrates you for another five <laughs> <time. laughs> Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, we're all human. We want to experience pleasure. Men also want to step out of this, you know, conventional sexual prison mm-hmm. and
0: also want to explore. Out of and, the performance role, right? And having to... Yeah.
1: I mean, we're, we're so busy talking about how much sex is sex for women. No one talks about how stressful it is for the guys as well. Yeah. That they're also dealing with a lot of anxiousness and a lot of performance anxiety. And, you know, they also need support. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, yeah, it's it's very popular to have sexuality coaches for women these days um, and not so much for men. And that's very unfortunate.
0: Mm-hmm. It's true. It's definitely, it's definitely more... There's more support out there, there's more resources for women in that sense than for men, for sure. Or just it would be more common. It would be more common to go with your friend to a workshop. It would be more common as a female to, like, be consuming and rather than, like, as opposed to a man. Yeah,
1: well, you know, we're operating under this idea that women's sexuality is so complex. Uh-huh. Men are so simple. Yeah. That just isn't true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so much more to male sexuality than their penis.
0: Yeah. Um, but you don't know that. Yeah. It's true. It's so true. So, you said when we were emailing back and forth this week, you said women only use 10% of their vagina's potential. Let's talk about that. It's like that same thing <laughs> you only use however percentage of your brain. That's super interesting.
1: <laughs> it's my little idea. Um... <laughs> So, you know how you we often hear how we're not really using our brain to its full capacity. Mm-hmm. We're only using, our, you know, part of it. Mm-hmm. And I fully believe that the same applies to our vagina. Mm. That the full pleasure potential that lives within every woman is not being explored
2: mm-hmm. for,
1: you know, various reasons. For the fact that we don't know that we can or we don't know that it exists. You know, every cell in our body is capable of pleasure every cell in our body is orgasmic we can have breast orgasms we can have forehead orgasms i had a calf orgasm the I thought, what the fuck just happened to me? Wow. <laughs> but no one talks about it and mm-hmm. that's very unfortunate so when it comes to the vagina also you know we're we're very much concentrated on the clitoris um we never give ourselves enough time to Fully be open and ready for penetration, therefore, when penetration happens, mm-hmm. we're not enjoying it to the full potential. We're not receiving the pleasure that we could be receiving from it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And many women are walking around with numb vaginas, angry vaginas, sad vaginas, um, painful vaginas. Yeah. You know, and that needs to be healed and taken care of and nurtured and loved and. You're just not doing that because no one talks about it
2: mm-hmm. unfortunately
1: you know a lot of women mm-hmm. aren't numb down there you know the muscles of the vagina are tense and therefore you don't really feel what you could be feeling i mean like mm-hmm. just think of going to a fantastic yoga class and how awesome and open you feel in your body right it's mm-hmm. like you feel more alive you feel more embodied
2: mm-hmm. um
1: imagine taking care of your vagina and massaging her and loving her how wonderful she will feel and how wonderful sex will feel if you are you know taking care of yourself down Mm
0: -hmm. and i like that you just referred to it as a her because i feel like it's a completely different relationship when you make it another like living human thing and you like personify it rather than just like it right and saying her she's speaking to you you're conversing with her what are you saying to her what's she saying to you
1: Totally, your friend. I mean, she's like she should be your BFF. I mean, yeah. if you're not friends with her vagina, who the hell are you friends with? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so true. Uh, Mama Gina, the author, the author of um, the book, uh, Pussy, I, love talks book. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that book. So
2: I love book. I love
1: Mama Gina. Uh-huh. She talks about how you should be talking about your vagina every day, like, you should yeah. be checking in with her, like, hey, girl, like, do you want to go out today? Mm-hmm. Or,
0: like, and complimenting feel, like, her. Room? I love how it
1: speaks. <laughs> like, want to wear a thong? <laughs> Yeah. What
0: do you want to wear today? What are you feeling? Are we feeling that? It's true. And she, how she says, like, she likes attention, being like, you look beautiful today. You're so cute. You're so, like, giving compliments to her, not just like, oh, there she is. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: You know what I also started noticing, even in my sexual um, journey, is I used to have sex with people because I thought that I liked them. You know, you mm. meet someone and you think, oh, they're cute and nice and funny and you end up having sex with them. I no longer do this. I now have sex with people if I feel, you know, mm. if my body feels them, if my body wants them. Yeah. So I really am more and more tapping into how do I feel around this person? Because a lot of the time, you know, we'll meet someone and they're good looking and they're funny, mm-hmm. but we have that constriction in our lower belly or we have a tension in our neck. Or even our vagina could be completely closed off to this person. But we don't listen to our body because they're good-looking funny, you know? Because mm-hmm.
0: so, they take the boxes, yeah.
1: Yeah, they tick the boxes, they're well-educated, whatever. And they could be the biggest asshole, but we don't feel into that. We mm-hmm. think our way into sex. Mm-hmm. So I welcome women to start tapping into your body and start tapping into your vagina because she's talking to you. Our body's incredibly intelligent. Mm-hmm what's your body telling you when you're making love with someone how does your body feel are you tense and constricted and miserable and frustrated mm-hmm. or are you open juicy relaxed mm-hmm. and excited listen to that mm-hmm. and really you ask yourself what's your body telling you
0: mm-hmm. i think it's so true because people think if someone is physically attractive then by default there should be great chemistry and great sex and you should by default be attracted to them. But I feel like chemistry and tr- attraction and desire to me does not correlate much at all to physical appearance. And I feel like a lot... Is, is, that, is that a side effect of kind of having sex through your head rather than, than your body? Or what do you think fuels that in many people where it's like, I will only have sex with attractive people. I will only like... Rather than exploring... I don't know, that short, chubby dude where you're like, I'm feeling some kind of way, you know?
1: My God, the best sex of my life has been with a short, chubby dude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, know, we have this huge obsession right now with body image. You you, you hear it, you read it, it's all over social media, body image, body Mm. image, body image. And I want to scream, fuck body image. Mm -hmm. Let's enter body embodiment. Mm -hmm. It's not what you look like. And it's not about forcing a new kind of look on people. It's not about forcing people to, you know, find your cellulite sexy.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, It's
1: about feeling your body. Mm -hmm. How do you feel? Because you can be the most beautiful girl in the world and you may not feel orgasms. You may not feel Mm -hmm. pleasure in your body. You know, your lover can touch your breasts and you feel nothing. Mm -hmm. And then your beautiful breasts really... Don't mean much, they're just a pretty photo, you know, they're just a pretty picture that your lover sees. Mm-hmm. You can look stunning in lingerie, but if you don't feel pleasure, then really what's the point? Mm-hmm. So, I teach body embodiment really connect into your body, tapping into how you feel rather than what you look like. Mm-hmm. And when the connection is there between the two people you don't really care about somebody, right? I mean, when you're making love and you're just eating each other up, mm-hmm. who cares who has a pimple on their butt? <laughs> really, it does not matter because the chemistry is there and your bodies just want to eat each other up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's so true. I love that. Thank you for saying that. I think that's really important. And I think I wish more people spoke about that.
1: So, yeah, I'm, I'm really frustrated lately that – you know again it's like this new trend or forgive me feminists for some <laughs> <laughs> i always get in trouble with this stuff but it's like um you know again the pendulum from one extreme to the other mm-hmm. so we have this extreme of skinny you know beautiful girls being the epitome of beauty and now we're swinging this pendulum the other way and saying everyone is beautiful everyone is beautiful and you have to find everyone beautiful mm-hmm. well fuck you don't yeah. <laughs> you know, we have to find Redheads beautiful. I don't have to find chubby boys beautiful. I don't have to find, you know, guys with abs beautiful. I find beautiful what I find beautiful, what mm-hmm. I resonate with. Uh-huh. And you find someone else beautiful. You know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. Stop putting new beauty ideals down my throat.
0: Because they're still beauty ideals, even if they're subver- subversive <laughs> or different. That's the whole thing about like growing up here, and I'm like. And I was like, yeah, cool. I understand the theory behind it. I understand why women would want to do that. And I celebrate it. I think it's so cool. So I tried and I'm just like, I don't like how this looks. I don't like how this feels. And then you have that internal battle, like, well, is that, is that fighting against like your conditioning? And it's like, no, I just don't like how that feels. I just don't like it. And that's okay. It's got nothing to do with whether you're a good or bad feminist. Yeah, exactly. It's
1: like, you can't really control attraction you know mm. so i mean we can go into all these theories about the pheromones and the instincts mm-hmm. and you know karma and your past lives mm-hmm. you meet someone and you just like them
2: mm. and it
1: doesn't matter if they're short or fat or bold or rich or whatever mm. you just like them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so let's allow each other to like different people, and right. you know, right now are being shamed for wanting you know women to have big breasts. Well, yeah. so what? A man finds big breasts attractive. Good on him. I love breasts too, and I'm a small-breasted woman.
2: Uh-huh. I love big breasts.
1: Cannot <laughs> <I don't> lie.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. So
1: let's just create more freedom and more allowance, and say, hey, you know, you know, every beauty is ideal in its own way. So let's pick the one that works for you.
2: Hmm.
0: Thank you. I think that's really important. And I think what I love most about this whole talk, what I love most about your work, is I feel like you're kind of bringing that pendulum back into centre a bit and you're kind of taking the pressure off what we think a progressive, liberal, sexually empowered woman is. It doesn't have to be the opposite of what it was 50, 60 years ago. There's, It can be in a monogamous partnership. It can be in having a certain ideal. You can watch Netflix and be lazy and still be completely in touch with your pussy. You don't need to be having big (laughs) ceremonies. And I feel like that's probably why people connect to you so much because it is that feeling of like, like I can work this in with who I am and, and my life. It's not this theoretical what we should be or what the sexually empowered woman should be. It's like, what do you like now? What do you feel like now? What is possible for you to do and explore? now, not in the future when you're some hypothetical, different person with more resources and more, have read more books or attended more workshops. The Salty Club is your online optimized wellness platform for adventurous women. For 9.99 a month, you have access to surf inspired workouts, yoga classes, guided meditations, recipes, workshops, and interviews just like this one. And everyone gets a seven day free trial. Visit the Salty Club. That's the Salty S-A-L-T-Y dot Club C-L-U-B.